Hey guys, it's Kel. I'm super excited for today's episode because it is a little bit more of a raw and real look inside my life. And I don't really feel like we've had that up until this point of the show. And it's something that I feel like has been missing for me. So I'm really hoping that it's something that connects with all of you and can be a little bit of the new normal for me um, because it's a place that I'm trying to get to on a regular basis in my life. Um, But I did want to give a little bit of a warning, a trigger warning. Um, It's not incredibly um, in-depth, but there is some mention of just physical abuse in a household, um, either domestic violence or um, even a trigger of child abuse or um, just violence in the home. And um, I wanted to make sure that if it's something that you may be very sensitive to, to just mention it, um, just so you know going into it that there's a little bit of discussion about that. And the other thing I wanted to mention is that the sound quality of this episode kind of sucks. Um, Kind of funny story. I listen to Nicole when we're talking on these cheapo heads, like a cheapo plug-in AirPods (laughs) that go into my computer, but they're perfect for how I need to hear Nicole when we're recording, but they have this stupid little microphone on them that somehow in this episode got connected as the microphone that was recording my voice. So it's a little frustrating. There's a weird sound every once in a while that is the microphone scraping like my sweatshirt or whatever I had on that day. And I don't even know that it's something that you would totally notice if I didn't point it out. So I probably shouldn't point it out, but it's noticeable enough to me. And it happens enough times that if you're the kind of person that would be wondering what the heck's going on, like I would, I just thought you should know. So, um, I don't even know if it was a normal episode, if I would have even aired it. I think I, I would have like scrapped it and said to Nicole, let's re-record because I'm a perfectionist. But it's an important enough episode to me that I think it's worth it to kind of get past the voice quality on my end and um, just hear the heart of the show. So I hope that's something you can do and that you can just get past because it it's a very, very dear episode to me now, and I really want to share it with you. So here we go. Are you ready to get the show on the road? Let's do it. Welcome to the Improperly Forward production of the Everything's Not Fine podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Bednick. And I'm Nicole Gonzalez. We live in a world where our lives are on display all of the time. There's a lot of pressure to keep up appearances and sugarcoat the crap. We're putting our foot down and saying we don't have to do that anymore. Everything is not fine, and that's absolutely okay. 
now that I'm all fired up and irritated. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking kombucha. Oh, that'll help. Yeah. Um, okay. Hey, this is your trusty old pal, Kel. And it's me again, Nicole. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. It's only been a week since we've done this, and I shit you not, it feels like at least two and a half. Oh, yeah. Why is time crawling? <sighs> You know, I realized the other night I was laying in bed and I was so tired and I was on my phone, but I didn't want to go to sleep because I didn't want to wake up and do another day like today. Like it was like, oh, I'm not even like, I'm not looking forward to tomorrow. I know. I know. And it's not like they're bad days. They're just, they're just long. and They're all the same. Monotonous. (laughs) And yep. They're all the same. Not a lot to look forward to. (laughs) And it's just, do you feel like you're living in a disaster movie? Well, today. I do. Yeah. Today. (laughs) Today's a disaster. Today, yes. (laughs) I feel like, like, last night Jim and I are sitting watching the TV news or something. I don't even know. It wasn't the news because then all of a sudden, like in the middle of whatever we were watching, there's this commercial and it's like safeguard, like all of these things that just reminders of what you should be doing, masks and this and that and the other thing. And he looks at me and he's like, how is this our world? Like, what yeah. the hell? We're just watching a TV show. It literally feels like one of those like disaster movies or aliens have invaded movies or whatever, where the family's just yeah. sitting around and then all of a sudden it's like, and you look out your window the... and everyone has masks on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's and weird. The sun is gone and it's just blacked out and <laughs> not yeah. that bad, but like that's it's sometimes weird. that's what I expect to see when I look out there. Yeah. That's and weird. I, it's funny because even like Wesley said to me yesterday, mom, he, he, I can't remember what he asked if he could do something or go somewhere. And I said, honey, we can't. Oh, he goes, Oh, that's right. Don't even tell me. I don't even want to talk about that coronavirus anymore. I, said, I know, I know, honey. I said, I, I don't either. And my kids haven't, my other kids haven't said that. Like they don't seem uh-huh. annoyed by it. They live is annoyed, but she hasn't like expressed it. Yeah. I think they just know, like, they don't, can't do anything about it. But, like, he's annoyed. Like, he's very annoyed. And yeah. he doesn't want to, like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Like, don't, it's like, don't even say the word. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we won't. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, you know, out of the mouth of babes. They're yeah. just no, they just say what we're all feeling. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, Yeah. Well, but it is what it is. Let's do it. We live, we live to fight another day. Yep. How was your week besides the monotony? Uh, well, I got kidney stones. Oh God. Was that this week too? Yep. Like that was, it felt like, feels like forever ago. <laughs> <laughs> My body's way of fighting stress is I get sick. So things yeah. happen, you know. So yeah, I woke up 
Wednesday, middle of the night with kidney stones, which isn't a new thing for me. Um, I've had them multiple times. Haven't had them in 10 years. I had a big break. Um, yeah, it was rough, rough, rough night, but yeah, I'm so glad you didn't have to go to the hospital. Yeah. I was, I was determined not to like, I don't even, um, cause I know what to do, you know, that gone through it before. So, but then after you have them, you just feel really crummy for like, I still kind of, it's, it's off and on. So that's okay. I mean. I've had worse, so this wasn't a bad well, that's good. episode. And yeah, yeah. So that kind of it's like almost forced me to even take it down a notch one more. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, what I was I gonna did. say. It did. It forced. Well, it forced you to like lie down for one day of your life. Yeah, and your husband and your children to kind of pick it up. And yeah, that's never a bad thing. Yeah. At least around here. No, it's not a bad thing. So, but that's okay. I mean. Yeah. Anything gonna... else besides the stones? Um, no, a cold sore. Got a cold sore. Oh God. That's good stuff. You're really getting yeah. all the shit. Yep. That's what happens. My body's like, I hate you, Nicole. So. I don't get cold sores. They, I get the start of cold sores. And as soon as I feel the tingle, I put toothpaste on it and it never develops. Now that's probably not because toothpaste is so awesome. It's just, I don't think my body must not like it. I don't think toothpaste would stop it for somebody who really gets cold sores bad. Yeah. But I, I just, have a prescription. Yeah. So as soon as I felt it, I was like, Oh, grab my prescription. And I always kind of like, OD on the prescription once I feel Good. it coming. Do it. <laughs> I do like two in the morning, two at night, two in the morning, two at night, and yeah. it stops it from getting really big. Like I've had big ones. Yeah. Oh, but... I always feel so bad for people who do get. Some oh bad yeah. Ones. I get canker sores, so like the whole roof of my mouth right now is one big canker. Oh. Sore, which is the shittiest place to have it because I can't eat anything. It hurts so. I mean, everything touches the roof of your mouth. Yes. Which I never knew until I get a canker sore on it. But I don't think I've ever heard of anybody getting them on the roof. I know. I thought for sure I like must have eaten a chip or something that stabbed the roof of my mouth. And then I put a mirror up there and there's like four canker sores. Oh. Oh, this is the week I thought I had the Rona. So that's when that canker sore started was I had... I still have a dry cough. I'm probably going to cough during this. Don't panic. I'm fine. Um, but I had a like a day and a half where I had a really weird dry cough, but I never got a fever. Um, but just a real tightness and um, in my chest and a dry cough. And But I didn't have any other allergy symptoms at the time. So I was like, oh, and it was right after I went grocery shopping. My anxiety was really high. <laughs> I was like, well, it's happened. It's happened. I think the, hyp- the hypochondria and hop- hypochondriacs in all of us yeah. are all yeah. coming out. For sure. Okay, before we go any further, this episode is not even really going to be about the Rona, but it's our catch-up, so it's happening. I, I think we all are just... Um, 
if I get more than a little bit of a cough, well, I mean, not anymore, but that day, I my chest was tight. Everything was, everything felt like the Rona, except I didn't have a fever and it only lasted for like 24 hours. But I was like, oh my God, this is happening. But anyhow, I'm fine. I don't even, we had a technical glitch there. So I don't even remember before the technical glitch what my point was in even talking about having the Rona, except for that this has been the longest week of our lives. It has been a week, which we're going to get into in a second. We're most of our episode today is going to be me whining about my week. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but before we get into the good stuff of the episode, um, one thing that I want to make sure that we're mentioning every podcast is how people can find us on social media. Because I think people are still, both of us are talking to friends or people who listen to the podcast all the time and still don't know how to find us on social media to like talk about all the things. So I want to just briefly go over that. Nicole, what is your personal uh, Instagram page again? Nicole Jean Gonzalez. Yes. All and one word. Yes, Jean as in Billy Jean, J-E-A-N. Um, yes. And then I am, my personal is improperly forward and um, our podcast Instagram page is everything's not fine pod all one word obviously there's no dashes or anything in there so that's how you can find us on instagram and our closed facebook group is rocking now i think we're up to six members um but it's super fun we this week we found out some super exciting news and we shared it with um that group first which was really fun um, the exciting news was that we were charting on Apple podcasts, uh, this last week after our last episode, we hit the Apple podcast charts at, did we already talk about this on the show? No. Oh, the longest week ever. I um, know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we hit at number 83 and the family genre, family parenting, whatever our genre is, we hit. Apple podcast at number 83. So top 100, mm-hmm. which is so amazing. Yeah. Um, thank and you guys. Shocking and a little. Totally. Like I think all this, in one. yeah, it's like now we're probably back down to like number 139 or something. Who knows? But <laughs> it's because it fluctuates. So you have to like, it's, it's a persnickety yeah. thing, the charts, but I like, best day ever we were oh we were talking on the phone and I was like oh my god Nicole you just got the best email yeah so it was fun we happened to be chatting and found out at the same time and I tell my daughter and she literally runs into the kitchen and makes cookies and decorates them with a number 83 so she was so excited that picture is on Instagram somewhere you, yes. I think on on the everything on the pod pod. yeah yes oh go look at Olivia she's so stunningly beautiful mm. um so anyway the Facebook group is gonna be fun there's some fun people in there already but I'm super excited we're gonna have some episodes um these next couple of weeks that I'm really hoping inspire a lot of communication 
because um, I don't know. I think I think that they'll be fun. So um, I just did a podcast um, recording with a good friend who has uh, a podcast called on. Oh, it's called Lotus Lotus Bloom something or another. And she is, she writes young adult fiction and her podcast is about the creative process. She does interviews with uh, all these amazing authors and songwriters and it's just really cool. Her name's Morgan Wiley. And so anyway, I did her podcast this last week with a mutual friend of ours named Nicole Allen, who is an expert on the Enneagram. Um, I don't know if you know what the Enneagram is, but it's like a personality thing. Do you know, Nicole, have you ever? Okay. So I've heard about it, but I've never looked into it because I want, I want to do it. Yeah. I I think it would be really fun to do it on here. Yes. So we're going to do it. Um, I'm I'm saving myself for her. (laughs) (laughs) She is brilliant. I mean, she's spent the last few years studying this, all the resources and, but she Mm -hmm. just talks about it in such a way that I actually want to listen. I'm not a personality quiz person. I hate them. Um, But this is totally different. So anyway, the first part, once this um, episode airs, the three of us did a joint episode together um, where Nicole, that Nicole, not you, goes Mm -hmm. through um, and gives an overview of each of the personnel or each of the Enneagram types. And so we'll have rather than go through that whole thing again, we'll just refer out to that podcast. So our listeners can get like a, it's like a three minute snippet of each Enneagram type. So we'll listen to that. And then we're going to have her on. We're going to talk about what each of you, you and I are, how it applies to families, um, how it helps you kind of with your kids, like know their kind of motivations. Uh And once your kids are a little older, I don't know that it really works on younger kids. Anyway, we'll get into that whole thing with her, but I'm super excited about having her on to talk about that because let me tell you, quarantine has made me come face to face with some personality types and I need all the help I can get. So yeah, um, I think that'll be fun, but a really fun thing to talk about either on our Instagram page together or in that Facebook group. I think it'll be a fun topic to like really get into with our listeners and good back and forth conversation. And then today's, I think today's uh, podcast, I think we're going to, I hope it, I hope it spurs some conversation because I think it's um, a needed conversation right now. Just um, once again, we are recording on Tuesday because one of us had a breakdown on Monday and this time it was not you. So. (laughs) All right next week it'll probably be me again so it's okay we'll just take turns from now until the end of quarantine it's all right i feel like that's how everyone is right now uh yeah you know gotta yeah. take a turn <laughs> thank you so mm-hmm. um when yeah when we started yesterday i i sent you a text and i was like can't record today um everything's fine but something's come up and then a while later, when you got my text, I think you immediately were like, ah, uh, what's going on? What's wrong? I knew I could tell by your wording 
and that it was like real short and to the point that like, mm, no, everything's not fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just knew. It's so funny because I sent that and I literally said, everything's fine. Just <laughs> something came up and I sent it and I was like, everything's not fine. And I was yeah. Just like, <laughs> I don't know why I did. I didn't get it for like an hour. Well, because when my phone's hooked up to my watch, sometimes I don't, I don't hear the ding on my watch. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. So I went, it was like 1245 and I was about to head into town and I checked my phone and I'm like, mm, nope. Yeah. So then when we, when you called and we're like, we're like two minutes into it and you're like, oh, I wish we were recording right now. And once yeah. we were done, I was so wishing that we were recorded. Um, but when I first sent you that text that I couldn't record, I literally was so overcome with shame that I couldn't even fathom the idea of recording what we were going to talk about and what we're going to talk about today because I was like if I if we record this and put this out here like CPS is going to be on my doorstep I this is not something that you record and so mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was in the middle of a situation with my daughter and so of course I always want to be sensitive to that and I didn't know where she and I were going to be so yeah okay before we go any further I'll we'll just tell the story of what happened in my life yesterday um but first I'll just give a little bit of backstory so I have you know I have a 16 year old daughter who I've referred to on the show many times as like my carbon copy me we are very similar and um very fiery women so strong very strong (laughs) yes in wonderful qualities and sometimes in not wonderful qualities, but you know, it's who we are. So, um, we butt heads, like it's, here's the, here's a few things that you should know about my family that you will learn very quickly. Um, well, I, we don't, we don't have a no swearing rule in my house. So as, as you, this is not, this is a total side note, but as you listen to podcasts and like conversations with my children and I, they're teenagers. We decided that with, within reason, you know, and respect our kids will drop an F-bomb all the time in my house. Like they're very respectful when they're around grandparents or outside of our home. They're very good about it. If they weren't, I would not have the loose rule that I have. But in our home, we are swearers, and it's not that big of a deal to us, so it's not a big thing. So that's one thing I've learned about my children. Because they're mature enough to know. I mean, people hope, but (laughs) for the most part. (laughs) Um, The other thing is that we are communicators, and a lot of things that in many homes might go unsaid don't regularly go unsaid in my home. Like... And, and part of that is, you know, when you're dealing with kids with mental health issues, you, especially when you've been through, and we do have a bonus episode coming up with Ellie and I, where we talk about her history and, um, you know, she's struggled with anxiety and depression as a teenager. And I, I don't know if I referred to this before, but there, she had suicide 
issues and a suicide attempt a couple of years ago. So when big, big, big things like that happen, um, you change the way you parent because suddenly mm-hmm. things that used to be really important aren't as important anymore. And so in that, we, little things like swearing and things like that used to be very important to me. And then they became unimportant. But mm-hmm. in that, I also realized that she, I gave her a free pass to be disrespectful. And part of our communicating went from like just open communication to her feeling like she had a license to be disrespectful. And so, um, not always by any means, but sometimes when she's hurting or when we're arguing and we're hurting each other or whatever, that biting, cutting, um, tendency that I have (laughs) also comes back to bite me in the ass because she also has it and she's really good at using it. So all of that to say, tensions were high the last couple of days. Um, everybody's just been on everybody's last nerve. It was kind of a long weekend. And because structure, we kind of lighten up on the structure around here on the weekends and, you know, just whatever. Mm-hmm. So yesterday, my kids were at it. They were arguing. I tried to step in um, and give some separation. And she said something to me that was, Um, you know, when you're really struggling with something personally and kind of down on yourself about something, and then somehow it's like it was just in the atmosphere. And I don't know if she picked up on that or what, but she said something that like cut me to the core. And I snapped and lost my temper and slapped her across the face and it was an ugly moment. Like Mm -hmm. it was ugly between both of us. And so I immediately was, I mean, I walked away and as soon as the rage, and I'm not joking, it was like, see red, hear your um, heartbeat in your ears Mm -hmm. kind of rage. Mm -hmm. And I walked away, you know, I smacked her, I walked away, I went into my room, and like immediately it was like the waves of guilt and shame that crashed over me were like palpable, like I could just feel it, and mm-hmm. she's so, I mean, obviously she is just like stunned and more than stunned, just pissed and angry and furious at me. So fortunately, like Jim was close by and I was like, hey, shit just hit the fan. Ellie's, you know, she's a runner. So anytime anything is intense, she just picks up her purse and she's gone. Like, and she doesn't drive yet. So she just (laughs) takes off walking. (laughs) Yeah. So, which was fine. We obviously, we needed the separation, but I just texted Jim. I'm like, Ellie's, you know, this is what happened. Ellie's walking out can you just go pick her up, make sure she's safe, give us some time, we both need to calm down. Mm -hmm. Like, before I go any further, I don't hit my kids. I haven't, like, a few times when they were little, I spanked my kids, but I realized even then that that wasn't something that was healthy for me, for our family. Uh 
Um, so that's not, my point is that is not a normal occurrence. Um, the only other time I've ever put hands on her, she um, was when she was in a really desperate place and um, it was more of a, a safety thing for her <laughs> to like yeah. step her back into reality. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's not normal. But in my household growing up, it was very normal. Um, before mm -hmm. my parents were divorced, I, uh, my dad, my, my biological dad was an abuser, physically abusive to my mom, um, for my whole, you know, until I was nine, when they divorced, that was a normal part of life. And so I'm very sensitive to that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, then once my mom remarried and my stepdad, um, he, he never put hands on my mom, but had a very fiery temper and would throw things and yell and, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that happened. And so again, very sensitive to all of that. Um, so for me to do that, like in that moment, I, I was the scum of the earth, you know, for me to slap my child, mm -hmm. I immediately was like, um, somebody needs to come take me to a mental hospital. I am clearly a messed up person. Like, that's what's going through my mind. Like, mm -hmm. not only do I feel horrible that I've just done this to my child, something is incredibly wrong with me. And, um, and you know, just the snowball shame that goes on in your brain when you disappointed yourself as a mom, like yeah. whether it's somebody who doesn't like yelling at their children and has yelled all day long and ends the day and feels like crap. You know, I mean, we all been there. Yeah. We all know yeah. those days. Um, but that to me was like a times a thousand because not only do I not think it's probably the best thing to slap your children, but, um, yeah, just all of that baggage I have from trauma as a kid, you know, it just made it even bigger in my mind. Um, so when I called you or when you called me and mm -hmm. we're like, what's going on. And I tell you this story. <laughs> You're like, the first thing that you said that really reached me was like, well, she was being a disrespectful brat. Like you didn't, you didn't. <laughs> because it didn't, it literally didn't phase me, Kel. Like, yeah, it just didn't. Like, I just wanted you to know that yeah. You, I mean, there, there, you shouldn't have, I mean, yeah. You know, like I told you yesterday, yes, you can feel, you can feel bad. Yeah. for what you did because it never feels good to have those feelings towards no. your child. Right. But you're not a bad mom. Yeah. Like just because you have those feelings, like she deserved some kind of like stop you in your tracks. Yeah. Consequence. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you know, for I sure. You to know she that. Did. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it's, you know what? It was so, it's amazing how in that moment, I don't know that there are very many people who could have said what you said to me that it would have gotten through. Like, cause Jim had already said, babe, she's got a mouth on her. It was going to happen mm -hmm. at some point, like, you know, <laughs> and, yeah. and, but that wasn't enough. Like it, what I needed to hear from someone who is another mom who, mm -hmm has 
just someone that I knew, like even my, another friend who I, who I know would have said the same thing, like who could have been like, oh, it's okay. Like mm-hmm. I don't, there was just something that it needed to be you or someone like you to be like, wait a minute, this happens. Like, yeah. And not in a way of like, excuse me, like, yeah, go beat your kids. You know, like not yeah. like that, yeah. obviously, yeah. No. but I, I think maybe because I know your mom and I know you and I know the relationship and I've seen you since you were a kid with your mom and your relationship, like yeah, how loving and wonderful it is like for you to tell your stories of growing up or fights that you had with your mom. And it was like, okay, okay. Like it was just like letting, <laughs> it was like opening yeah. the vent thing on your Instapot pressure cooker, like to let all that pressure out. With this steam out, yeah five minutes of another mom who may not know the exact same situation, but knows, like knows just being like, dude, this happens, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So good. Because it does. I mean, I think every mom (laughs) of, I mean, and it's not even my teenager who pushes my buttons like that. Because Olivia is, she's very quiet and she's passive. And her way of um, getting at me is she shuts down and walks away. And, but my son, who's nine, he, he has that personality of I'm going to push back. So, you know, I can't even say that it's every mom of teenagers because my teenager doesn't do that. Right. But I, I feel like every mom can say, no, it's okay. Yeah. You know, things like that happen. And, you know, we've all been there. Yeah. And I think we will all be there during this time. Yes. Yeah. Well, now even more than ever, because life is a pressure cooker right now. And so it's, I mean, my kid and I, we have had more yelling matches than I care to even think about. But the idea of like putting hands on her would never have been something that I would have thought possible in a normal scenario until now. And I'm like, yeah, it was bound to happen. Like yeah. <laughs> we, and, and I mean, I can talk about this and laugh about we once she came home, we had a wonderful talk. I mean, the first thing to me was like her coming to me and saying, I really, put my thumb in what I know is your biggest wound right now. And that was so mean of me. And I was so disrespectful and I'm so sorry. Like this kid who's going to be 17 next month to hear those words come out of her mouth and know that she, like she really did realize that nobody told her that. And that was one of the most, incredible things to me like that my that that child was aware and cares enough about me and knows me well enough to know that that's what happened um Mm -hmm. god that was amazing like I'm in and we you know we both got to talk through like what we did wrong and what we never you know place that we never want to get to that place again yeah. But I, I just, even walking away from that conversation, I was like, oh my God, I, I am a good mom because I, and Jim and I both, but we've put into her that she can even be 
aware enough <laughs> to know yeah. that that's what she did like that that means a lot to me so yeah. I mean I would prefer that she not used against me in the future <laughs> well she might <laughs> she probably will at some point it's like I mean you know she probably will never forget that situation yeah but I I don't know if I'm right in saying good yeah <laughs> I mean you know like it will be it was a learning lesson for her that like yeah I mean you know just like I told you the story about when my mom threw forks at me in the <laughs> in the kitchen like it didn't yeah. damage me like I'm not you know I still love her to death but I will never forget that yeah because yeah. I learned like I crossed the line yeah I crossed the line and sometimes as mothers, like we got to put our foot down. Yeah. You know, I feel like we, I feel like we take a lot. We, 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 you know, and we try and be the loving ones and we try and be the patient ones and you know, oh, it's okay. Like they're having a hard day and it's okay. You know, they're struggling too. And it's okay. Yeah. Like I, I take a lot and my kids snap back at me a lot and I try and be patient. I try and teach them. It's a teaching lesson. I try and teach them. Yeah. And sometimes I ask, I, especially my boys, I ask them, would you talk to Poppy like that? Yeah. And they both look at me. Well, no. Well then why do you feel like you can talk to me like that? Like yeah. we take it as moms. Yeah. We have thick skin and sometimes we got to put our foot down. Yeah. Well, and I think that's such a good point because I am, like one of the things that I really am committed to is being my kids soft place to land, you know, like that's something yeah. as moms that we're their safe place, we're their soft place to land no matter what. And especially having a kid on the spectrum, um, sometimes they just, they do need a safe place to melt down. And so mm -hmm. with him, I've become, I, his meltdowns to me, don't even affect me because I know that I'm just holding space for him and it's okay. But mm -hmm. there's such a line. Like if there's a line between being our kids safe place to land and being a punching bag. And yes. you don't have to be a punching bag in order to be their safe space. And as they as and you will find this even more over the next few years with your kids as they become teenagers and I'm only just starting, but they become dicks. Like they really do as they're yeah. striving for their independence and all of those things, there's part of them that becomes an asshole and it's normal. I think they get to know, they get to know us better as people mm -hmm. and they know what buttons to push. Yes. Well, like they're more mature about their fighting. Yes. Like they know how to play dirty. And so yeah. it does it. And, and that's, this is all part of it. Right. But I, there have been numerous times where I've told my daughter, there is not one person on the face of this earth, including the man who sleeps next to me at night, that I would ever let talk to me the way that you're talking to me right now. And I mean, I've said that so many times, I can't even tell you. And yesterday it was like all of those, <laughs> all of those times I've told her that I was like, I, and not that it was a conscious thing, but after it was over and after we apologized and everything, she goes, I think you bruised me. And I said, good. Like, I, yeah. I mean, obviously not, but I was like, I told you over and over again, someday you were going to catch me on the wrong day. And you did. Mm -hmm. And so I love you. 
I never, ever, ever, ever going to purposely like do that again, but Mm -hmm. you better watch your mouth. And I remember when my husband, my husband's brothers are much younger than him. And I remember when they were teenagers, um, when Jim and I were first married, the oldest of his little brothers was like 14. So they were all while I've been around, I've seen them all like grow into men or whatever. And I, Mm -hmm. I remember each of them at one point challenging Jim's dad and him having a physical altercation of some sort, whether it be, you know, him like holding them against a wall or whatever, you know, Uh not Uh but like at some point that dominance of you may think you're all grown up, but I'm still the dad around here. I'm still the guy and you're not going to do that to me. And like, it was almost one of those times with her, like, but Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't mind any of that. The only thing that was hard for me was that I literally was in a blind rage. Like I literally saw red. I I don't know that I Mm -hmm. fully had control over myself and that like, I'm really going to have to work through that and get some good um, perspective on why that like I don't ever want to lose it like that again because it was it scared me you know when you scare yourself like that scared mm-hmm. me. yeah anyway but I feel like too like you saw it you see it you you saw what was happening and you didn't like yeah. it and so it's like okay you know like I feel like it would be a problem if you didn't recognize it yeah and you didn't see anything wrong with it and sure you know yeah I don't know. I just feel like all of our tension, all of our, our patience, like everything is just kind of spread thin right now. Yeah. And we just need to give ourselves grace and. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But you, but I mean, you're right. Like that doesn't negate your feelings of never wanting to. Yeah. To feel like that again. Well, I'm right. I mean, it can be both, right? We can, we can say, holy shit. I never want to do that again, but I can see and understand and know myself and know why that happened in that situation and, and give myself some grace. Like you said, cut yourself some slack. Like, and, and that's the thing. If I hadn't have talked to you yesterday, we'd have been, if we hadn't had that conversation, I would still be feeling all the shame, all of the guilt, all of the, like, turning looking at myself and being like well you've turned into your mother now like that literally was part of what we talked about yesterday was every day of my life and and my mother has some wonderful qualities like she she does she has some she instilled in me some wonderful qualities but I think most of us as women you either want to be exactly like your mother and emulate her in every Mm -hmm. way possible or you want to change the way that you mother because of your experience or your perception of your experience. And, and my perception of my, some of my experiences with my mother has, have been that I don't want to, to ever repeat that. When I found out Ellie was a girl in the ultrasound room, I bawled because I never wanted to have a little girl. I never wanted, I wanted to have kids, but I did not want to have a girl because I didn't want to have a child to grow up and hate me the way that I knew that my relationship with my mother felt like, not that I hated her, yeah. but that we never liked each other. We never 
connected. We were never friends, you know? And I, yeah. I was like, oh God, now some, now my own child's going to hate me someday. Like that was my feeling when yeah. about the mother daughter relationship. So that was part of my feeling yesterday was I've done it. I keep giving her reasons to hate me. And this, this is it. Like this is probably it. Like, mm-hmm. and I can't even put into words what having her come home and say to me, like her coming home and saying, I really put my thumb in your wound. Like, yeah, that was so mean of me. Yeah. I like it. But the reason why she could do that, Kelly, was because of what you've instilled in her up yeah, until now. Like it, it was, yeah. I think that's why you've done that. so precious is like, oh my God, yeah. I have a relationship with my daughter that she knows me well enough to know that that was the one way that she could hurt me the most. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but she loves me enough to tell me that she was sorry. Like, we're, yeah. we're not my mother and I, you know, like, Mm-mm. and that, I, I hate that yesterday had to happen the way that it did, but it, like, that assurance between her and I was like, oh, it was like healing something in me that, yeah, that was a really shitty day, but it also healed this thing of like, okay, I am doing okay. Like, I am yeah. changing some patterns and, and making a difference in our relationship. And so I, yeah, it was pretty, I mean, we're all fucking emotional basket cases right now anyway. (laughs) So I'm sure it's far more intense than it normally would even have been, but, but it was a really, um, and if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for the quarantine, yeah, she might not have come back for a week, right? Exactly, <laughs> and apologized and fixed things. Like it, it forces you to. We got to work through this right now. Yes, exactly, and that's okay. Like, yeah, it's good. Yeah. So I put this on um, my Instagram last night. When I saw it, I was like, "Oh my god, this is the gift. This is exactly." Kelly, I saw that quote too. Oh, before you even posted it. Oh my gosh! So this. Yeah, and it made me think of you. Oh, it's the best. Um, this is from an account called Eating Her Young, which I love. This account, it's she's awesome. I think she's a psychologist, but she just posts the funniest things about her kids, but also some real, yeah, some really profound, real good stuff. So it says, um, I want you to make me a promise, promise that the next time you feel shame as a mom, you will tell your closest mom friends so that you can be reminded that we all feel shame and fear and anxiety, that there is no perfect and that you are a beautiful example of motherhood and all of your vulnerability and strength. Um, Oh, just gets me. But that like that was the gift that you gave me yesterday. And so not to get too sappy here, but um, thank you that you knew everything wasn't fine. Um, Well, now I'm just a bawling mess, but, (laughs) (laughs) but that you didn't take no for an answer because you texted and you were like, do you want to talk? And I was like, no, I'll just cry. And you're like, 30 seconds later. I didn't even respond. Yeah. My phone (laughs) is ringing and I'm, I just got out of the shower. I'm sitting in a towel. (laughs) I'm like, well, this is happening. Um, 
but I, I can't tell you, I think it would have been a very, um, deep dive downhill for me if we hadn't have had the conversation that we had when we did. And I, I'm already like, before we, before yesterday even happened, like the conversation, the topic of this week's show was going to be just kind of where I'm at. Um, and then this happened and it was like, well, this is definitely the conversation we're having. Um, because I, my mom guilt and mom shame is at an all time high right now for whatever reason. And so, um, just having that conversation with you, it was like somebody just dumping a bucket of ice water on my head and being like, stop it. And like, just that gasping, Oh God, like look up and look around because this is reality. Like the reality that I've been living in for the past, however long is not reality. Like that having that mom friend who can pull you out of that. And that's a gift. Like we all so desperately need that. Um, But I don't think we get it. Like it's, it's a really hard thing to get because it's hard to be that real with someone. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's not very many people that I would say in the way that I was feeling yesterday, there's not really anybody that I would say I slapped my child today. Like that. Mm -hmm. And if you can't say the words, if you can't be heard, then you can't be seen and you can't, you know what I mean? You can't have someone like meet you where you are if you can't say the words to be heard. And so, oh, it's something that as women, as moms, I, especially because um, the mom game is so competitive (laughs) and so compare, like we, there's so much comparisons and there's so much, we make ourselves feel better if at least we're being better than Carol down the street or whatever, you know? So we just don't put it out there. And, but there's no healing if we don't, there's no, there's nobody that comes and clears the fog away and, and tells you that it's okay. Your kid is being a disrespectful brat and you smacked her like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Well, it's almost like we just need someone to hold our hand and just stand next to us and say like, I'm here. Yeah. Like I've been there, you know, and I'm sure I'm going to be there next week, but I'm here with you right now. Yeah. Like you're not doing this alone. And we help, we all have husbands who like try and do their best. God bless them. Yeah. (laughs) But there's nothing like another mom that can say, yeah, like I'm here. Yeah. And I think part of it comes from like the texting generation. Like, I could have totally texted you and been like, tell me what happened and trying to work through it. But I was like, no, this conversation needs, I needed to talk to you. Yeah. Like, I knew you needed to let it all out. And there was no way that could have happened through texting. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And just like you said, we need to be heard. Like, talk. Yeah. Talk it out. Get it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And when in non-quarantine times, like even my best friend of 30 years, I, we always joke because if I call her, she's like, oh my God, what's wrong? Like you're picking, you're, (laughs) you're engaging in a phone conversation. (laughs) 
And I, yeah. I am a, like, I'm a talker. Like I like to talk, but something happened over the years that it's, I don't anymore, you know, like, yeah, it's not. And I think it's part of just being guarded. It's part of that. I can, I can share exactly how much I want to share if I text, but yeah. if you're hearing my voice, you're going to hear way more than I want you to hear. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And plus it takes time. And sometimes before all of this, we were so busy. We didn't, you know, yeah. we don't have the time. And so it's now it's like, well, we got the time. Yeah. And yeah, you gotta, you know, we gotta talk. Yeah. I, it's funny because, oh, go ahead. Well, for me, for me, my mom always knows that something's wrong when she doesn't hear from me. Yeah. Because I can text and I can answer like in our family group and, you know, but when she doesn't talk to me, she knows something's going on. Yeah. Because I can't hide it when I, like, as soon as she calls me and she says, what's going on? Are you okay? Blah. I mean, just like the other day when I, when you called me, like, I just, you know, I can text and hold it in. Right. But something about talking, you just. Yeah. You got, you, you, it's like you open up the dam, yeah. like the floodgates. <laughs> yeah. That's really true. I, that's something that I think I'm going to, you know, we keep talking about things that we're going to take out of this, you know, and ways that we're going to like the lasting changes that we're going to develop in the middle of all this. And I think that's definitely something that, that I want to take out of this, like the people who I am committed to knowing how they're doing and them knowing how Mm -hmm. I'm doing, like just make the effort to have, the 30 minute phone conversation. Yeah. Like I can put down scrolling Instagram for 30 minutes to have a, <laughs> a deep meaningful conversation with the person, the people that I, that I know we are, we are going to have these days. Like they're not going to stop. Mm-hmm. This is life. We got to be there. Like, yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's, I mean, I'll, I will have all of the, like pep talks or whatever but for me it's letting the people see letting my people see the the things that I'm most insecure about you know Mm -hmm. or most struggle with and myself I don't people always say to me oh you're so real you just put it all out there you know yeah no I only put out there when I'm comfortable with you knowing there's so much more and I'm yeah. really good at appearing like I'm an open book, but there's still so much more, you know, it's just the, the stuff that's so deep that I don't, maybe, maybe my, <laughs> maybe my stuff is so much just more, I don't know. I'm not even sure what I'm trying to say, except for like the part that's supposedly so real about me that I put out there is not the stuff that I'm ashamed or embarrassed of. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like we all, we all have, what's the saying? Like skeletons in our closet. I mean, and my, 
my hidden parts feel so bad and horrible to me and they're different from yours. And so in comparison, it's like, no, I mean, you know, like if you were to tell me or if you were to tell others those parts and those things, like it wouldn't be so bad for us because we have our own. You know, yeah, we have our own things that we feel like are so big and bad yeah. and that we want it, you know, that we want to stay hidden. And yeah, so true. It's so true. I mean, we all have the things like you're saying, we all have the things yeah. that we don't want to be out there. And it's, I mean, not that there's a fine line of like, not just vomiting out all of your stuff everywhere you yeah. go, like obviously, but I'm sure you're right in that most of us, the, the things that it looks like it may, it may look different, but it, most of it is even the same root issues, you know, like the same yeah. root things. It just plays out differently in every single house or every single person, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but we all get it because we all know we're all human people with the same frailties and the same underlying shit. Yeah. And then even as moms, like we're all, we're all on this same journey and we all have the same struggles. And even though all of our kids are different and, you know, the details might seem different. It's like underneath it all, like we all, we all want to be good moms yeah, and good women and good wives and good friends and sisters and yeah. And so it's like when you can finally, you can finally find, you know, that select few mm-hmm. where you can really open up and just say like, I, this is what I'm dealing with today. Then it's like, you realize you're not alone. Right. You're not alone. Right. And we all, you know, we all deal with some of, you know, a lot of the same things. And yeah. when you don't, when you don't feel alone, it makes it easier to tackle it. Yes. When you don't feel like you're tackling it alone or you're dealing with it alone or you're like, okay, yeah, you know, I, I, I can do this. Like I can get through this and I'm not alone. And yeah, I just think it's so much, it goes against so much of what we have women, we as women have worked to do these, this last decade. Like there's part of us that most of the women I know have worked really hard to like build up this um, everything's fine facade, you know, like it's so much a part. And sometimes even within our own home, within our own mind, like make everything fine, make everybody comfortable, make everybody, you know, have, have this schedule, have this, um, rhythm in our life that it's just constant you know whatever we have is a well-oiled machine (laughs) that just yeah like that's what we've worked to create but it's just I don't there's just part of it that just doesn't it doesn't feed our souls it's it doesn't what what are we sacrificing of ourselves for the sake of making everything okay, like mm-hmm. making everybody in our home comfortable, making our kids there, there's just something there that we're sacrificing in ourselves to have that be. And mm-hmm. 
eventually the shit the shit hits the fan. Like yesterday, the shit hit the fan. I I'm trying to play peacemaker between my kids. I'm trying to keep everything, you know, the the way that it, you know, this this rhythm that we've created, this perfect little thing. And I can't do it anymore. Like, you know, like it's not working. I'm not capable. And so my frustration of not being able to do that comes out in a in like explodes out of me. Maybe that's which I feel like you are not alone. <laughs> like <laughs> I can guarantee you there's gonna be moms who are listening to this and going, Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope because so. that's just what we do, yeah. I think, as moms. That's just what we and right now that's what's happening. Yeah. Well, and even more so right now because we're all here. We're all in this place of like Yeah. Even if we And I think we feel the weight. Yeah. As moms. Yeah. Like our kids have to come out of this. Okay. You know, like, yeah, the, yeah. that weight alone is maybe some of them don't come out of this. Okay. Maybe their whole plan of life changes because it's, it's been completely disrupted for months, you know, like now that our kids aren't even going back to school. So like, this whole plan that they've been working, maybe it gets turned on its head and they completely change their path and they come out of this looking completely different. Now, obviously they're still okay. I'm not saying, maybe, yeah. I'm not saying like, maybe some of these kids don't come out of this okay. Like we don't want anybody coming out of this with major psychological issues. You know, right, I mean, of right. course we're going to do everything to support our kids, but maybe their life comes out of this looking completely different than what we had planned, especially those of us with teenagers. Like my kid mm -hmm. is on the tipping point of decisions being made of what college mm -hmm. she's going to go to, what her career path, like this is the year. And it just suddenly was like, um, we know nothing. We know nothing about yeah. what is going to happen like next week, much less, you know, six months down the road, like mm -hmm. all of these, this hamster wheel we've been on to create your future. Yeah. Somebody just threw a wrench in that and it is like collapsed and we have no idea. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's so uncertain and so stressful, but also maybe that's okay. Maybe you come out of this with a yeah. career plan. That's your passion and not you going and doing something that because it was the next step on the checklist of things to do. Yeah. And maybe it'll give a chance for parents to really connect yes. with their kids yeah. like never before yeah. and have those deep conversations of what, what do you, what are you going to do now? Like what, you know, what do you want to do now? Yeah. How, how is this? How is this making you feel like get these kids to open up and, yeah. you know, to search and maybe never before have they had to pray on their own. Yeah. Maybe never before have they had to search deep within themselves on their own yeah. and figure out who am I, who am I now? And, you know, what, what is, what is in store for me now, you know, and ask, maybe ask God, what do you want for me now? Yeah. Not what do my parents want for me, but like, find it for yourself. Yeah. And, and help our kids on that path. Yeah. It's kind of like they were 
expedited into, <laughs> you know, into yeah. a new, into a new path that yeah. I never had to deal with this as a 17 or 18 or 16 year old. Right. So have yeah. those deep conversations with your kids and maybe they'll start journaling. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm not there yet because my daughter's 14 and yeah. she's just bummed that she, you know, right. she wanted to have that that whole end of the year, you know, celebration, but yeah, you know, for you, for those kids that are juniors and seniors, like yeah, explore some new things with them. And right. Yeah. There's, there's so much about this that is just really shitty and sucky, but there really are so many things that I just feel like we've been given a chance in a lot of ways to, connect with our kids and connect with like just on a level that we were not on before. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like the busyness of life just was a substitute for the depth of life. Yeah. Yep. I mean, most of it's still really shitty, but (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) at least silver linings, you know? Yep. So yeah, that was, that was my breakdown for like the week, but also it was, it was a significant enough breakdown that I'm hoping it's like maybe for the month. (laughs) Maybe. We'll see. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) And that's okay. Yep. (laughs) It's okay. It is. 